0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Recipe for Success. My name is Nancy Giacalone with Olympic Crest Insurance, and I decided a while ago that I noticed a common thread between two passions that I have. I love to cook, and I love business. And I noticed that when I cooked, there was always a specific ingredient or technique that was critical to the success of the recipe. And the same thing has been true in business. There's always something that somebody has that is a key ingredient to helping them succeed. So today I'm really excited to have Joel Daniels with Revolution Benefits Group on the podcast with us today. He is coming to us from I'm hopefully get this right Klamath Falls
1: Grants Pass
0: Grants Pass. I was close. Close close. (laughs) Welcome, Joel. And um, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our audience.
1: Hey, Joel Daniels. I'm the founder and chief advocate of Revolution Benefits Group. Um, We are here in Southern Oregon and uh, excited to be here, Nancy.
0: Thanks. Um, Okay. So the name kind of gives us a hint that you do things maybe a little bit differently than some other people. So Revolution Benefits Group. Okay. That tells me you're looking at things differently. How'd you choose the name and what are you doing that's maybe a little bit different than everybody else?
1: Sure. And I appreciate the question. I think, you know, when I started with um, insurance, it was a little bit reluctantly. I really didn't like insurance. I felt like it was a crock and, and basically like a, a legalized kind of like, um, almost, almost like a, God, I don't know what the word is, but what, is, what do mafias folks do? Like basically, I don't know. Oh, yeah. they, it's like a protection scheme. Like a right? cartel. Yeah, it, it felt kind of like that and it was legalized. And I really didn't dig the idea. But when um when I started learning more about the other aspects of insurance, especially since 2019, um, I really discovered that there are other ways to provide access to healthcare and I really realized that it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't healthcare that was the issue, but it was rather insurance in the traditional way. And and you know, it turned me off. I mean from for a while I've been not anti corporation, but just like anti establishment, I think it's just kind of embedded in me that rebel nature. So, you know, uh, more recently, um, last year, uh, the beginning of 2020 is what actually when we started Revolution Benefits Group, and it kind of came because I realized that what I was doing for my clients wasn't really meeting the needs. You know, for example, I had a client and, and I used to work with uh, with Aflac, as, as you know, um, and they were an Aflac client, but none of their guys actually used Aflac, even though he paid for their accident policy because they were too afraid to go to the doctor to be surprised by the bills. So meanwhile we had a local direct primary care clinic and I recommended that instead of like purchasing the Aflac policy that they actually go directly to that direct primary care clinic and you know do something about it because it, and if they continue to use Aflac great because now they have you know more of a defined out of pocket expense that they could use. So you know um around 2019 I I started learning more about the industry and recognized that there was a lot of champions and advisors as well as companies like Sidera and others that are really trying to better fit the need. So I figured that, you know, I, I joined up with a rebellion.
0: I love it. I love it. So you said something I think is super important and I think a lot of people miss. There's a difference between health care and health insurance. Mm-hmm. And I think people uh, get them mixed up and sure. they they don't understand that there is a definite difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it is really i think it's important for people to define that and understand that in the health care part of the equation we also have a personal responsibility to ourselves right. to to do everything we can to care for our health and then use quote unquote the system if you will to take care of things that are out of our control and then the insurance piece is for the In my opinion, is for that catastrophic mm-hmm. type of loss. So, anyway, um, yeah, what's your I, thoughts on that?
1: Well, I, I agree, and I think that that messaging is getting more clear. I, I feel I think there's a lot of folk, a, a lot more advisors that are really grasping that and are and are being more proactive and providing different options. Because at the end of the day, it's about access to care. It's not insurance. There's a ton of ways to provide access to care. Insurance is just one of them. And for some folks, it's the best fit. But there are some other ways to do it as well. And I think I think to your point, one of the things is the education around what's whose responsibility and also providing guidance. Because while this is our world for most folks, they don't understand it. They understand what they know. And so, you know, education and, and conversation is really important
0: i agree so much now you also said another thing you said direct primary care most Mm -hmm. people probably don't actually know what that is and you also mentioned sedera which is a form of medical cost sharing now in in washington state we have much more limp. we have it's hard to access medical cost sharing yes you happen to be in oregon so Mm -hmm. and most other states it's not as hard right so tell Tell everyone a little bit more about what exactly direct primary care and medical cost sharing are.
1: So there seems to be more doctors that are joining, you know, basically saying no more to insurance. Um, You know, I I saw a post a couple months ago from David Chase that was talking about how, you know, when folks use insurance, basically 27 cents to every dollar spent actually goes to the provider. I mean, when you when you think about what providers have to go through in order to get their ability to to serve people, you know, it it takes them forever to get out of debt, you know, with with the mounds of, of student debt that they have. So I imagine that it would be pretty difficult for a doctor who's only getting 27 cents to every dollar that really they earn to, to be able to, you know. Create a viable business. I've met doctors that are actually bypassing insurance altogether as soon as they get their license to going more to a direct um, pay, pay a pay model with patients. And basically, what direct primary care is is that it's basically the elimination of middlemen and the ability for a doctor to have more of a one-to-one relationship with them. It's better for the doctors that choose that, you know, based on what I've been seeing, and it's also better for the patient because instead of having to fill out all of these insurance forms and basically being having to you know I, I'm sure you've experienced this yourself you spend 10-15 minutes and in this case I can't read my own handwriting so normally my <laughs> wife spends 10-15 minutes filling out the stupid form and you know and and then you wait 20 more minutes in the, the waiting room and the doctor spends literally five minutes with you and then most of that time is reciting the, the information that you already put on the form and they give you a prescription to say okay peace That's not health, that's not healthcare at all. And you know, that does not produce a better, uh, a good health outcome. So with direct primary care, you have that one-to-one relationship with the doctor. You also have more time with the doctor. Um, My wife is a perfect example. Like we were on, you know, being starving entrepreneurs, we were on OHP last year. She started, you know, we went to the doctor. we really couldn't get any help for her. This year we started with direct primary care. and then the level of attention that my wife has been getting, the amount of hi, Tanisha I love it, I love it I
0: love it. That's
1: my wife. So yeah, legit. Like, she'll, she'll tell you too. it's like the, the, the her experience in this past several you know weeks in in her care actually gave her issue a name. And she's on a path to actually deal with it versus with OHP, which is like the state program, Um, you know, basically it's it's managed sick care. She's not dead yet. So she so basically they, they, you know, they're making money off of her, you know, one dime at a time and and just kind of keeping her in the system. I I feel strongly about not being in the system. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it, like I feel, I feel I have a visceral reaction about the system, right? So like when, when it, it's the system is geared to keep you in the system. And I feel like this is a way to get out.
0: Well, I agree with you. So here's a question that I think might go through a lot of people's mind when we talk about that. They might think about, okay, well, what about if I'm in a HMO or one of those things where I can just go to a little pod of doctors? How is that different than direct primary care?
1: Well, you know, to be honest with you, um, I'm not as experienced with that as, as you might be. So I, I'd probably like your feedback on that myself, but my impression, I'm familiar, I'm familiar enough with HMOs like Kaiser, for example. So I'm familiar with that. You have your, you know, you have your selection of, of, you know, doctors, obviously. Um, and I imagine that I hope that your care would be better, but honestly, I don't know. But what I do know is that you, with the direct primary care, you do have that access to that one-on-one care. That yeah, care no, is not the answer.
0: Yeah. Sick care is not the answer. And in no. case you have not met Priscilla Romans, she's amazing. She's a patient patient advocate that helps people navigate through all of these um, all of these health so uh, situations. She's amazing. Uh, so what I would like to say about that is you're right. Um, your your gut instinct is instinct is actually correct, because. All you're doing with the accountable care networks or the HMOs is you're just keeping money in a pod. It doesn't necessarily create a better relationship with a, with a provider. You know, the, the theory is that when you go into a doctor's, a primary care doctor, a regular primary care doctor's office, not a, not a direct primary care, that they have one of three goals. It's to write you a prescription, to refer you to a specialist, or to get you the heck out of there in five minutes. Five minutes. I'm not really sure how they're going to do that great of a diagnosis on no. you in 5 minutes.
1: And it makes sense when you think about it. They're getting paid so little, they have to go through as much as possible. It's not that these doctors are bad. It's just like they've they've got to feed their families too, just like all of us. So they're they're unfortunately part of a system that's really not, you know, utilizing the best in them, which is yep. really unfortunate.
0: Okay, so now we understand a little bit about direct primary care. What about medical cost sharing? How does that work?
1: Right. So one of the things that you had mentioned earlier about where you see insurance kind of falling into play for those major type situations, medical cost sharing is similar. It's not insurance at all, but it's basically built from a community of like-minded individuals that really folk that want to share medical expenses with others. So when the need arises, you may have what's called an initial unshareable amount. That's the amount that you choose um, early on when, when you, you know, sign up for the membership, that basically you're gonna be responsible before that need is shareable. So in the event that you have a situation, a, a, diagnose, a new diagnosis of cancer, for example, um, you have your initial um, unshareable amount, then the medical cost sharing community can share that need. Uh, and that can include you know uh, things that, typically insurance may not cover also because it's basically what it what's needed related to that need, which is really helpful. One other great thing about that is you mentioned Pris, uh, Priscilla was, was yes. that her name. Priscilla being a patient advocate. Medical ad, medical um or advocates are also available through Sidera as well to help you navigate where can you go to uh providers that are going to help promote a better health outcome it might not be in your local market there might not be a specialist that can deal with your specific form of, tra- uh, of cancer in washington or in southern oregon you might need to go to chicago shoot it may be hawaii i'll gladly go to hawaii to, to, to get to get my cancer fixed if that ever, ever happened to happen so you know short story is the the goal is to provide more transparency and also better health outcomes with Sidera. And that's that I think why their um their message resonated with me so much. Cause I, you know, I think what, you'd agree too, being a veteran in the industry, there's a lack of transparency. And anytime that there's a forward effort towards transparency, folks have a really masterful way of, you know, looping the system so that it doesn't achieve the desired outcome.
0: Yeah, I agree. One thing I always um, when I would do employee meetings back when I could stand in front of a group of people and actually have a real discussion, um, I would always talk about comparing auto insurance or car insurance to healthcare. So you talked about with cost sharing that initial piece that you would take on yourselves. When you buy auto insurance, you don't expect your auto insurance to pay for uh, your oil change or your windshield wipers or your brakes or your tires, Right. but you do expect that it's going to step up and protect you in the event of a large claim, and that's really what medical cost sharing is doing without the true insurance component.
1: For sure. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: I like that. Okay. So you told me that you officially kicked off your business in 2020. Yeah. And then smart. COVID. So how yeah. that worked out for you.
1: Wow. So what's funny is like we kicked off our business and I, I had another business. I started another business with a partner in 2019. And um, you know, we I think it, it wasn't a great fit mutually for us. And I think we had very different ideas of what that should look like. And you know, that business is still going strong, which I'm super excited about. Um 2020, I started on my own path and like, you know, I did it before. So I'm like, okay, we're going to hit the ground running. And we started gaining momentum and then March hit. And it's like, dang, like we were about to open up two new restaurants. And if you're watching the news right now, (laughs) restaurants, the hospitality industry is getting getting trashed right now in our state, unfortunately. Um, And what happened in March of 2020, restaurants got shut down. So we like our, that was what you know what impacted our business that that's that's one thing but what was hard to watch was you know uh more than anything in a small community your clients become your friends and so seeing the trials and tribulations that your friends are having to deal with that was that was tough to watch but you know also in a community we have we we share struggles we share conversations and we learn from each other which is which was a beautiful thing and so i think um, what, ex- what I experienced was my community just broadened. Um, I was more active in doing outreach and connecting with folks on LinkedIn and networking groups, you know, really across the, the, the country I met you and, and a few others, you know, folks, um, uh, during this time frame, I got to know, you know, folks like Ryan uh, a lot more and like, you know, um, we'll talk about him in a bit, but, uh, you know, I, I focused more on identifying where I fit in to this whole situation, because honestly, I didn't know. Um, I had an idea of where we'd be in 2020. I had a business plan and all that stuff. And just real quick story on that. Back in um, in 2012, my wife and I moved to Mexico and with, with the goal of um, you know, with a plan rather of, you know, learning the language, learning the culture, and then traveling more down South. You know, we're doing missionary work at the time. So apparently when you're in Mexico, if there's tacos of teal involved, you're doing missionary work, you end up having a baby. My wife and I were told we couldn't have kids. And so we've been married for 14 years at the time, 13, I'm really bad at math, the math. Um, but we, we were told we couldn't have kids. And so we weren't worried about it. And then when we discovered my wife was pregnant, you know, we um, uh, it was it was a game changer for us, and I'm like talking to a friend, and my, I was like, "Hey, man, like this wasn't the plan. This wasn't my plan. My plan was we're going to go to X, Y, and Z." And he laughed at me, and I'm like, "Dude, come on now, don't laugh at me. I'm kind of sensitive." And he was like, "You know, well, well, when man plans, and God, God laughs, yeah. laughs. God laughs." So I, I don't I don't consider making plans. I have goals and and a direction and a purpose of what I want to accomplish. So I made a plan, you know, a business plan. Because I'm doing all the business stuff right, and that's my bad. I, I blame myself for COVID now because I made a plan, and then COVID <laughs> happened. And so okay, I'm like,
0: now I know, oh, I know whose fault it is. It's my fault. I, so have been I had been
1: wondering all
0: along. Yeah. So wow. essentially,
1: I didn't know where we fit in. So um, I, I think clarity really happened in in 2020. I got more clarity of what I didn't want to do. Also, I, you know, some relationships were were basically I felt holding us back. Um, we eliminated those relationships like in 2020 or early 2021. We really refined our focus. You know, I realized that my business model is trying to do too much. So in that process, you know, I I decided in 2020 to really, you know, put a line in the sand on what I, what our core business was going to do versus what this other thing which is I think equally important but the mission is different was going to do. And like, you know, I am surrounding myself with a lot of smart people to help me make sure that those two things happen and I don't have to do all the things. That's that was really what I learned in 2020.
0: Well, um I love that. I, you know, I've been in the business for a long time and I honestly think that 2020 also helped me find my people. I mean, it's kind of crazy because you were forced to look outside of your immediate circle. Yeah. And and I did a somewhat of similar thing as you as I really immersed myself in in exploring different opportunities and different networking and and I mean it's it's been actually really good now i'm just waiting to go see people in person like i just want to see you in person
1: exactly we're not that far
0: i know i know except we're in washington and oregon our states i i think i think they're going to handcuff us to our houses before long (laughs) yeah it's Um, it's
1: true
0: okay so we did meet in ryan miller's broker excellence program Mm -hmm. so i'd like to know what was your top takeaway from that program
1: Top takeaway: There was a lot. Um, you know, if Ryan, if you're watching this, that you you had you shared a lot of information, and I, I think that there's so much still that I want to apply. I would say, if I would to label it to to narrow it down to one, I think it was, I feel like I got permission to be more me, like more embrace the whole me. Um, one of the uh, of my former bosses. Um, you know Vera Quinn she's rad by the way look her up um she i remember a conversation distinctly because like as a as a newer leader in her company i was struggling um and you know, and I, I always looked, I always admire, I'm, I'm a little bit of, a, an, of an observer. So I usually observe and watch people and admire them from afar and learn from them um, from afar too. And and there was a, you know, a young leader, Austin Wagner, if you're watching this, holler, um, that I looked at him, I was like, man, this guy, this guy's going places. He's gonna be like the next CEO of the company. And I was like, you know, I just, I, and I admire that. And she stopped me because she, she has a way of like, I don't know, reading your brain thoughts. And like, she was like, you know the difference between you and him? I'm like, oh, he's about six feet taller than me. <laughs> he's much stronger, better looking. I don't know what is it. <laughs> Pick one. And she's like, he's comfortable in his own skin, and it, like it hit me. It hit me in the gut, and like, and I was receptive for it, and like, you know, I pondered on it, but I didn't know how to fix it. So, um, you know, I think that the biggest takeaway was I finally am learning to be comfortable in my own skin.
0: I love that. I love that. That's great. Okay. So um, let's get to a few other questions that are on my mind. Sure. I know you've been traveling to Florida a few times lately, something to do with expanding your team. So tell me what that, tell me more about that.
1: Yeah. So I had mentioned that, you know, essentially one of the things I had discovered is that, you know, I was trying to do too much. Um, and so that being said, um, I connected with uh, somebody that, um, I used to work with actually in that same company years ago and she was she started um we've both found ourselves around the health industry she was more focused on the wellness like incentivizing wellness for for folks to be encouraged to do the right things for themselves and you know she stopped working with that company a while back and we just started talking and like Um, timing worked out really well where like, we were able to, to find ways to collaborate. She's really passionate about some of the things that like I'm passionate about too, but I don't have, you know, the the bandwidth to actually take on. So we're discovering how we can really make, you know, gel, you know, do a mind meld, gel our talents. And, and the other great thing is last year, my niece actually moved out to Florida and um, my niece was actually really instrumental in my earlier success, you know, when I was working with Aflac and, you know, I, we work really well together. So essentially what we're trying to do is, is basically more better operationalize our businesses. Um and and you know, Florida is a much easier place to to run a business right now than the Pacific Northwest. So yes, indeed. yeah, we're not going anywhere we're We're, we're here, you know, um, our, we're we decided to raise our daughter here. so there's like, you know, she's seven. So we've got a few more years before we look and besides, my wife would not allow me to move to Florida. She's probably still watching. We're not moving to Florida, dear. Sorry, you're welcome
0: and Oregon, and where you're at is a lovely area. so That's it is gorgeous. a great place to, yeah. to raise a kid. For sure. okay. So now we're going we're gonna to go a little deeper, um, and I really want your take on this because this is something that I feel really strongly about, but I don't know that I necessarily have the right to talk about it, but I want to know how we promote more diversity in our industry. It, you know, the, the, the saying is that we are old pale and male pale and stale, I think it is. And I mean, I started in this industry when I was 23 years old as a female, I was 1% of the of the representation of the industry. And I'm sure you must feel something similar to that. And I'm just curious
1: about that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. And I mean, I think you, you've you been in the industry for a while and you've seen the challenges that you've been through and you persevered. So first and foremost, you know, I admire the heck out of you for that, you know, you showed a lot of grit and determination because I imagine that the ceiling was probably a little thicker when, when you were struggling than it is now. I feel like now is a really unique time. The challenge that we're facing, I think, is about education and awareness, right? So, like, when I was a kid, like, you know, nobody was really talking about insurance as a a vocation. It was all about, you know, go to college and do this. And, like, for me, it was like college wasn't even the conversation just because, you know, it was a different situation. But, you know, I think part of it is really educating kids. (laughs) There you go. Thanks, Ben. Ben. (laughs) Hey, Ben's in Oregon. We can drink tequila soon. Um, Maybe, allegedly. So, a short story is. I, I think that it's it's about making the option aware, and, and I think that had I had folks that perhaps maybe looked like me, maybe had similar experiences that I did, maybe I'd be a little bit more receptive than some fool. Some fool. I'm just gonna say some fool coming into my school and be like, "Look, you could be a Brazilianaire. Like I don't even know what how much a Brazilian is, so like it, it would mean it would mean nothing to me. So having, I think you know, having folks. You know, be, be role models, I think. And that's, I think, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not an activist by any stretch of imagination. I don't, I've honestly believe in my heart of hearts that, you know, we, as, as a race, a human race, um, we have some challenges. And I think, as we not, do. I don't think that we ourselves are going to sit, fix it, but I think we can, we can at least change the life of one person. And if we're able to change the life of one person, and that's, then that's, dope that's you know i'd be happy about that
0: i love that one of the things that i it's been on my mind quite a bit lately is how do i reach out to maybe even the colleges as far as because insurance kind of has a dirty dirty name a bad name Mm. kind of like the used car salesman yeah Um, but there's a lot of good that can be done in our industry and but I don't think people have any idea about that. They don't have any idea about the risk management aspect. They don't have any idea about the wellness aspect. They don't have any idea about the human aspect. Mm-hmm. And that's a message that I haven't figured out how I'm going to do it yet. But that's something that I'm somewhat focused on, on trying to get that message out. And and I think you're right. I think it's about if you can change one person's life, which, thank you, you just led me right into my next question was, who has been... Um, an important mentor in your life, either in the industry or just in your life in general?
1: Whew, man, you know, um, I'm thankful because I have have a lot, you know, so it's hard to name, name just one, um, and I won't name all of them, but it's, I, I think that these days, I, I view every interaction. I know this seems like it, it's impossible. I, I, I learn from every interaction, the things I do want to do, things I Do want to be known for are things I I don't, Um, so I would say like one of the people that started it like you know I, I, and it's really weird because any when I was younger I got punches in the gut (laughs) not a lot of mentorship like my my Thea Yolanda she's now a Superior Court Judge of LA County she's amazingly talented awesome strong person and so from afar, I've, I've always admired. I remember the a punch in the gut conversation. This was probably my first real needed one when I was, you know, 15, 16, right before I got shipped to Oregon. Um, I was, you know, having some challenges and like, you know, I wasn't doing well in school. And she was like, basically called me an idiot, like legit, not basically, she did call me an idiot and said, I'm not applying myself. And like, you know, la 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 and I'm like you know this this lady she's coming down from her White Castle talking to me like you know she doesn't know my experience she did know my experience but you know I was just bitter at the time and then like I was okay you know I got bent and I was like okay I'll prove you wrong I messed around I got a 4.0 very next semester 4.0 and she's like mijo I'm so proud of you Mess around again got a 1.67 because <laughs> I'm like yeah I can do it I just don't care. I just so, don't want to I just don't want to so like you know and then I got shipped to Oregon yeah that that was awesome. So um yes yeah, I think she was probably the one that, that probably that, that punch was the one that I needed. My brother, um my, <clears throat> my brother and my sister in law actually who took me into Oregon, really I think that was my first mentorship experience, like my first actual. Um, because you know, they took me in as one of their own. Um and you know, I I I was Forced to shed some bad habits and learn some good ones, um, and I wasn't allowed to stray from what my focus was, which was just surviving and graduating high school. That's all I had to do. And then I remember the conversation distinctly. Um, you know, it was June seventh on nineteen ninety seven, um, where like my my sister in law basically because I was going back to California. And I didn't have my driver's license, but I did have a car. So shh, don't tell anybody. Um, that was the last crime I ever did. <laughs> um, she told me not to go back to trifling, as she called it. And I, I made her that promise. And um, because she made me promise because she knows one thing about the Daniels boys, we keep our promises. So I, I kept that promise. And I think that was really instrumental. And I think another one is like my wife. I mean, honestly, with without her, I I wouldn't have wanted to be better. I would have just been fine. Um, you know, these days I've got a lot of uh mentors. I think Vera, who I mentioned, like, you know, she punched me in the gut when I needed it. Um, Ryan, it has been huge. I mean, like, even you you might not realize, but I look at you and folks like Allison and and Dave Contorno, like folks that that I'm learning from, even from a distance in this industry. Um, and you know, I, I'm I'm just incredibly thankful to be part of it.
0: I love that. I love that. And I love I love the tough love because, I mean, everybody responds differently. And some people need the punch in the gut and some people need the pat on the back. It's just yeah. kind of a based on a personality. I noticed yeah, it's spiteful. <laughs> ben has offered since he's in Portland that that's about halfway between us. One of these days we're going to all have to we're going to all have to meet up. So yeah. I love it.
1: When it opens again, let's do it.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and Hey Ben, um, I saw that Multnomah County just went, went on an emergency order and they're like shutting everything down. So it's crazy. All right. So we have made it to my favorite part of the, of the session. So we get to get to my five burning questions, the ones that everybody struggles with. Yeah. Maybe not the first one, but same question I ask everybody, what is your very favorite food and can you cook it?
1: So, you know, I, I I think I'm known for tacos and tequila, but it's actually tacos is not my favorite food. Tacos is life now on the account that I have a gluten issue. Um, my favorite food is actually lasagna. The issue I cannot ex- I cannot cook it, and I do have some gluten sensitivities now. So it's it's like I can't really have a good lasagna. We've had gluten free lasagna. It's not the same.
0: I can, I can make a killer gluten-free lasagna.
1: Sweet, I can, eat, I in can, Portland. I
0: can even, I can even make it dairy free if people want it, but uh, I experimented with it for a long time and I've got one that people never even know it's gluten-free. Goodness,
1: so, I'm going yeah, to send, so you, I, you, I, send I you the you recipe. Be. That'd be awesome. That, that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, what is the one character trait you admire most in people and why?
1: Um, Oh wow! So like this one was actually legit hard. There, there's so many. I, I think, I think courage, and and courage comes in a number of different ways. Um, courage looks like Vera or my aunt Yolanda like punching me in the gut and having the hard conversations with somebody. I, I admire that in people because so often people are afraid to hurt other people's feelings. And reality is that doesn't help us become and I'm, I'm not talking about like people can be mean and ugly and nasty. And I'm not talking about that. And like, you know, that's that's their problem. That's not really your problem. if They are that. But it, I'm talking about having like a real having the concern and care for somebody enough to say, hey, dude, like you're you're messing up. Like that's that's something that I admire in somebody.
0: OK, so um, now I'm going to flip it on you. What's the one character trait about yourself you're most proud of and what?
1: um i would say i keep it real like especially now that i'm like more comfortable with me i I would have to say i've always tried to be honest um oftentimes i didn't have the courage and and sometimes still i don't say anything so if you know i I feel like more now more than ever i'm i'm becoming i'm becoming prouder in, in of my of my keeping it realness if that's a word if I love it. Is, it. I I, I, I'm you gonna I'm,
0: I'm gonna go with it. Um, <laughs> I would have to say from watching you from, gosh, we started it was more than six months ago, maybe yeah. nine months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I have really seen a change in you. And I mean, it's all for the positive and it's all for the better. And I love seeing you grow in your in your realness. I'm gonna go with that, <laughs> but it, it's it's really it's really cool to watch. So Thank you, I have to commend it. you on that
1: for sure okay
0: so if you could magically get everybody to do one thing to improve their lives what would it be
1: i would say i mean this one was the easy i'm like love like if, if love to love is the most important commandment you know and and i'm talking not talking about just like you know romantic love i'm talking about like actually love like if you loved if every human on the planet just learned to love one another man it's like there would be no issues at all. Because if there was a mistake, oh, no, no worries, brother. I forgive you. And it would be easy as that. Like, that would be it.
0: I love that answer. Um, Okay. So what is one secret talent that you have or something that people would be surprised to know about you?
1: Man, you know, this this is a hard one. I don't know that I have any secret talents.
0: I bet Um, your wife knows one.
1: uh, To annoy her? (laughs) I know. <laughs> that's not a secret that's something that i'm proud of um i i i honestly don't know uh, i i would say like when i was younger i used to play trumpet you know i don't know that i'm talented it was more just a skill that i developed i i hope to i hope to still uncover what that is i, okay. I don't know yet
0: that's fair okay the last question is who is the one person that you have met on linkedin that you would most like to meet in real life or alternatively like a podcast host that you'd love to sit down and have dinner with
1: that's a hard one too because there's a lot of people i still haven't met you <laughs> yet and Tell we're, me. we're super, we're, You mean we're, we're in. um there you go i i i would have to say like there's a few but i'll probably say megan chiarello because her energy and vibe is just like dope and like just to be able to like I think there's a lot there to, to learn and observe, like, even from afar, like, you know, she, she's dope. Um, Dave and Emma, like, uh,
0: Uh Oh, (laughs) you've been busted. (laughs) I see a secret talent. That's
1: that's see, see, that's not true. (laughs) So, um, ah, yeah. So that's, pro- I'm going to stop at that point. Okay. <laughs> so.
0: All right. Um, oh, that was good. That was good. So your wife thinks that's pretty funny too. So. <laughs> All right. So that pretty much wraps up our show for today. Is there any parting thoughts or anything you'd like to leave people with? And also how can people get a hold of you?
1: Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I thank you, you know, Nancy for, for this is, this was a lot of fun. I, I was kind of nervous about it, but you know, this, you this, you made it easy. Um, parting thoughts. I think, you know, make sure to connect wherever you are. Understand that if you are an employer or if you are an individual, a, small, a solopreneur, you have choices and you have control. Uh, you know, one of the top expenses for most folks and businesses is their health insurance. And there's there are other ways. So just talk to somebody local, like, you know, to have the conversation. And, and I think that there's a lot more folks that are ready and able and willing to you know show you the way um it's, it might not be easy it might be different it might look different feel different but you know it your, your health is your responsibility we can't rely on the government or like the corporations to actually do that for you so because they don't have your best interest they just have their own um parting thoughts that was pretty good uh how do you get a hold of me i'm here on linkedin Uh, Joel Daniels, the company's revolution benefits group. Um, I'll give you my cell phone number. It's 541-450-1149. I don't pick up just so you know, I screen calls heavily because of the amount of warranties that I'm sold. So leave a message or shoot me a text um, and I'll I'll holler. Just don't try to sell me nothing because I won't try to sell you nothing.
0: That is fair. Um, I will leave Joel's contact information in the comments after the show. If you're in Oregon and you're looking for something different and like Joel says, you're, you're frustrated, you're confused about what your options are, definitely reach out to Joel. Joel, thank you so much. This was awesome. I loved Absolutely. having you on and uh, we will talk soon.
1: Looking forward to it. Take care. Okay. Guys.